Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, where our hearts are our masters. Your hosts are Nancy L. Hopkins and Walt Silva. Producing the show is Colleen Kelly. The theme song is called Disturbance and is written and performed by Renate Jet and Jet Music. You are listening to Wolf Spirit Radio at wolfspiritradio.com. Emotionally undercover for a lover overdressed. The cycle is created long before you start to think that the blink is your decision what you do. No clue for the food fighter. Hello everyone, this is the Cosmic Reality Radio Show. Hi Nancy, hi Walt. Hello there. Good evening everyone, thank you for being here. Hi Nancy. Is Nancy muted? I don't know. I don't think it was Newbie who picked up the Skype call. (laughs) (laughs) Nancy... Why don't you come to me? <laughs> wow. So you say, is my sound still pretty loud? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you know, when you're playing with a system and you start, you know, sliding the volume bar and the sound keeps hitting the red zone in the VU meter? Well, it's not but in the red. Okay. So I don't know what it is. It's, uh, uh, if it's a Skype thing or, it, it can't be. It can't be the broadcasting software because I'm not listening to you through the uh, the listening page at Wall Spirit. I'm listening to you through uh, Skype. So, and when Nancy talks, it sounds like normal. I don't know. Maybe it's a an interaction between Skype and everything else. I don't know. I've had a whole lot of well. It was really, really good until I did my um, own show, Do It Natural, yeah. and uh, then uh, my internet crashed twice, and prior to that, Skype had crashed twice, so it's just really screwy all the way around today, well, uh, this evening, so I don't know. Can you guys hear me? I can hear you now. Yes. She's coming out from under the rock. I don't know what the hell is happening. My my sure microphone is supposedly on, but it I had to go to I guess the computer one. I just started hitting on other microphones. Can you hear me all right? It sounds kind of low, but if, at least we can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you just fine. I'll try turning. Well, if I turn you up, that's going to turn Walt up. Just go ahead. Let me. There I'm you go. There okay. you go. Am I too loud now? That sounds okay. We're okay now? Yeah, we're fine now. Jeez. I don't know. You know, I was sitting here um, doing some reading, and I noticed that the microphone, I kept thinking, is that microphone green button blinking? And I guess there was some problem with it. Um, Dang. That's an expensive microphone. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes it's the connection. I'm hearing feedback, so you got your speakers on as well? Yeah, I do. If I turn them down, I'm going to not hear you. Well, that kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, you don't have any headphones? Let me let me try something else up there. Okay. All right. All right. I'm turning this down. Now, can you guys hear me? Here you fine. Yep. Is it better? Uh-huh. Yeah. But, of course, I can't hear you. 
<laughs> All right, I can hear you guys fine now. Am I am I having too much? What's happening? It sounds it fine sounds now. Fine. Well, no, I'm still getting background. Oh boy. So, um, will you guys go on with the show while I look and see if I've got some kind of a weird connection here? Okay. Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Tech Support Troubleshooting Session. <laughs> Keep your ears open. You're going to learn a lot tonight. <laughs> okay. So. So is it is it tonight, is it this Tuesday that Peggy reads uh, Anelia's book? Yes. After this show, uh, I'll be playing her book. Mm-hmm. Um, I pre-recorded it several weeks ago because I couldn't wait to get into it. So, uh, got to how does it, uh, um, because I haven't had the time to listen to your reading shows, oh. how does that work? Is it that you, do you sit down and you just record, uh, like, like a whole chapter? Or do you attempt to read, or you just read whatever you can within the allotted time? How does it work when you yes. are? Yes, that's what I do. Cause, uh, they're two hour shows. Uh-huh. And I usually take a break midway and put on some music so um i read for two hours and sometimes a little over (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then uh record them and it's easier me to record when it comes to the editing because i can stop as i'm recording you know if i mess up i can go back and reread over that uh so that makes it easier for me, and I've started putting them up on YouTube, uh, the book readings, and uh-huh. and uh, I would like I've been working on you know the sound and all that kind of sp- stuff, especially the ones that were not pre-recorded because uh, uh-huh. they're a little tougher to edit, take a little longer. So because uh, I try to get my sound levels and everything pretty good while I'm recording, that way I don't have so much to do afterwards. Is that something that you, you've done in, in other jobs in your life? You know, those, I know that, uh, libraries offer books on audio. I don't know if those get like abridged or reduced in some way or if it's the entire, the entire book that's actually read. Um, I have no idea. Mm. I, I know that I, I never, uh, bought it because I didn't need to. I had already read the book, but I know that, uh, what, Year, I think that, oh yeah, I remember now, it was 97, I guess it was, I don't know how, uh, SRF, you know, Self-Realization Fellowship, the organization that was created by Yogananda, um, I don't know how, but they were able to get the, um, British actor Ben Kingsley. Oh yeah. To read the autobiography. Mm-hmm. So I was I was able to hear some sections of it, and I mean they couldn't have chosen a better person to do that since he was able to bring so much life to the writing, so you know so much emotion and feeling into it. So it was very it was very moving. So I, I having heard that, I was able to understand you know the uh, the attraction for uh, books on audio. I had always enjoyed reading books because I'm reading is I'm watching the scenes. I'm not reading the words. I'm just looking at the scenes that are developing <laughs> from the page. But there is a uh, the book on audio is not far from that because even though it's somebody else reading it to you, there are no images. So you're creating the images from what's being described to you. So 
I, I totally get, you know, why somebody would want to do that. Are we good to go? I think so. <laughs> well, I just wanted to reply to Walt on the reason why I started doing the book readings was that I have a granddaughter who was born blind. Mm. And it's, uh, they used to go and get the audio books and stuff, but uh, there were some favorites that I used to read to her when she was little that she had asked me if I would record them, and so I started doing that, and then it just grew from there. Oh, that's nice. Well, what I love about her is that she can make all these different voices so that you can follow <laughs> it just by the change of the voice. <laughs> it's rather impressive. So it's a play of one? Well, yeah. Now, the <laughs> children's books, I used to do all the voices, but they took days to do those. And uh, it is amazing to me sometimes how it's like different personalities come out. And I'm like, wow, where'd they come from? <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you did a mixing table because you can record all the characters and then mix them together. So it sounds like an entire scene made up of multiple actors. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wasn't it Peter Rabbit that you did the? Was it Peter Rabbit? No, the uh, Paper Dragon. Oh, okay, yeah. Raggedy Ann, Raggedy Ann. Raggedy Ann. Yeah, yeah. I just would. I didn't hear much of it, but it was like every time I would listen to a little bit of it, it was like, oh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> Many people in that one little voice. <laughs> oh yeah, because you know, most of it, especially the early ones, I didn't do any tweaking or anything those were all me but it did get a bit confusing you know trying to say okay which voice is that one now you've um got uh you're starting to put up on youtube uh barbara uh barbara three crows books book the star children is that the one you're doing no dolly read that one I'm, all right, right i'm doing the um return of the sacred feminine and teachings of the grandmothers that's the one i'm working on now and uh, I did get permission today from T.J. Glenn to also put up the uh, Zephyrus uh, Mission of Eternity book on YouTube, too. So I'm excited about that as well. You say that was a pretty good book, huh? Oh, yes. He's a great, great writer. I mean, and it's as I told him, he makes me feel like I'm there hiding behind the plants with uh, the slave. <laughs> wow. But, uh, yeah, he, and he said that, uh, these started out as kind of channelings, and then he went into past life regression, and they, uh, kind of became kind of, uh, channeling regression things. So, I thought that was quite interesting, but it, the characters sure do come alive, like they're just, you know, like you're in the room watching, listening. Did I lose me? No. Oh, did you get a chance to listen to the uh, that second song that I sent you? Um, I played one a while ago. Which one did I play? Will of the Wisp. Ah, uh, that's the one. I I wanted to know. I know I know that not everybody appreciates jazz, so that's why I was asking you if you liked it. Yeah, I mean, if you if you liked you know funky freaky jazz pieces. Yeah, I told you it depends on how freaky. <laughs> Uh, all the all those pieces are at 432 pitch, by the way. Okay, um, so I might as well say that this is Cosmic Reality Radio Show. It is November 10th, 
2015. Um, I'm hoping Barbara Three Crow comes and joins us in a bit. Uh, the reason being is that I don't know what Walt wants to talk. Walt, do you have something, you know, you want to give us an update on our, our gold experiment? Well, it's sitting there. I can't rush it. I, I guess I could hype it. I could go there and stand next to it and go, 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 you know, like a <laughs> football game or something. But, no, it, if it goes at whatever speed it's going. Okay, to update those people that um, listened to us last week or maybe not, but um, Walt is uh, – well, Walt, give them the, the, a quick rundown of what you've, what you've done. And you can see pictures on last week's show um, notes. You just go to – Cosmic Reality, the current show, but well, it will, for last week, you can see the pictures of the pyramid that he has made in the platform. Yeah, you have the, um, hold on a second, what I want to do is put on the chat um, the link to the place where I got the source of this stuff, so that people, those that are interested in reading, can get um, an idea. Uh, let's where did, it, where did I put it? Out here. Okay. Does someone have their chat room sounds on? Uh, that should be me. I'm going to stop it right now. Okay, thanks. Okay, I just posted in our messaging here the link to the uh, the radio show from last week. I can't go to chat because, you know, I get all, I looked at this, I just can't, I can't think to do that too. But anyway, I put it up here, uh, Colleen, if you would drop it in the chat, because they, uh, there is photographs up there uh, from what Walt's done since last week. So anybody that wants to, uh, to see his pyramid and uh, what he's talking about, you can go there. Okay, I've got it in there. Excellent. Thank you. Did, you. did you put all the the pictures? Oh, there we go. Yeah. See, the the second one is the one that I was uh, that I mentioned to you, where I doused the size and location of that inner focus of energy. So that little dropper bottle that you see there is sitting at would at would at the location that would uh, correspond to the peak of the flame. When I doused the question. Where would it dissolve faster? It dissolves faster at the peak of the flame than at the, than at the base or the middle of the flame. So that's why the, the bench is, that tripod bench is at that given height. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. As it, as it dissolves, I should see some changes. Two weeks, uh, only a week has elapsed. Uh, I remember when I had the other, I, in a, in another room upstairs, for a long time I had a six foot pyramid that was made with the Cheops pyramid geometry. So it is, it's, it's squat, it's squatter, meaning the, the angle of the face is more, per, is, uh, it's a lower angle, it's about 55 degrees and a fraction. Uh, and it took long, it took like a more than a month before you would notice. Uh, the particles becoming less and less, and the gold just starts breaking up. Oh, okay, but you got to tell them that you put the gold in what a vial of alcohol, correct? Uh, vodka. Vodka. That should, that should be the. That's vodka. Uh, yes. Um, the third it, it, and fourth pictures you you can see there, and I'm hoping in the third picture you can notice it, and in the fourth picture at the bottom of the little bottle, 
you see the it, it, it looks like there's a different coloration. Though there's three sheets of 24 karat gold leaf. The one that I, I mentioned on the last show that I was that you can get them from eBay vendors. They come from Thailand, and you can get for I think it was like 20 or 30 bucks. You get like a little book of sheets. Each one comes uh, captured in uh, rice paper. Because the, the gold is so very, very thin, you cannot touch it with your fingers. If you touch it with your finger, it disintegrates and it breaks off. You have to use a little brush to pick it up off of the paper and be able to put it in the bottle. So static electricity just holds the, the gold to the brush? Uh-huh. And then you just drop it into the vial? Yeah, and that's one of the uh, malleability is one of the attributes of the gold and platinum that it can be flattened to such a tiny, you know, like micron stick. Not every metal can can be, uh, you know, you can't do that with iron. Iron is not malleable at all. It is too brittle. It needs to be mixed with other metals before you can do any kind of shaping with any amount of iron content. Uh, gold is not that way at all. It's very, very malleable. And that's the thing that's uh, kind of impressive about the pyramid energy that as a as a metal uh, and you must know this because you worked in the industry uh gold is very resistant to like acids and anything that's very corrosive you know you have acids that will eat other metals yet it won't even touch gold so despite the strength in gold uh it reacts and interacts with the energy in the pyramid and then it's changing yeah, it's physical state when it's going from a, uh, the solid gold into a monatomic gold. So for those that want to read about the subject, I sent, I gave you that, um, I sent you that, uh, that link. Uh, if you go to the main page of that, where that link is located, there's others, uh, uh, hold a second. I'm going to give you another link. So we're on the way uh, uh, <clears throat> to see what happens when we put gold with shungite. We did it with silver and came up with magic. So um, now we'll just have to see what happens when we do it with Yeah, gold. this one has a, a little tiny pinch of the shungite. So I'm, I'm, that's what I'm looking. I already know what it looks like and how it feels. By itself, so I'm going to compare that with um, now that it has a pinch of the Shanghai. I think it's going to be even more more powerful. Because oh, I'm, I, I'm real excited to see what happens. Remember, we were talking about the um, um, this the video that I saw of this gentleman Tony Pantelaresco, where he talks about the nanoparticles and he describes his nano device. For those people that have Morgellons or who feel that, you know, they have the symptoms of Morgellons. And since he claims that these nanoparticles are everywhere in everything, uh, with this device, you know, the, uh, what, what Tony describes is nothing more than an electromagnet. You know, he takes this, an Elmer bucket. You know what an Elmer bucket is. You know, you can buy it at any Home Depot. And then he wrapped it from top to bottom in 12-gauge wire, and then he applied a DC voltage to it, 
and essentially you're turning the Elmer bucket into an electromagnet because it's a coil with DC. And then inside the bucket, you're supposed to fill it with uh, uh, vinegar or water with Epsom salt and vitamin C. And then you put your feet in there and you turn on the coil and just stay there soaking for like 30 minutes. And his explanation in the video is that the, the electromagnetic field, the electromagnet, the field of the electromagnet is essentially shutting down these nanoparticles in you. And then the solution, the, between the magnet and the solution, these things begin to migrate out through your skin. Uh, Elmer Bucket, uh, you've never been to Home Depot? Those, I think there's a, there are five gallon orange buckets. They come with lids in case you need to transport liquids. Uh, painters use them all the time. When you see painters working around with a white bucket full of brushes and whatnot, I don't know what to call it. That's what they that's what they say on the on the face of the bucket. It says Elmer bucket. Uh, I I wonder that myself. You know where the name comes from. But uh, it's a five gallon bucket. There it is. With the name El. You, any it don't have to have the name on. It's a five gallon bucket. <laughs> it's a five gallon bucket. Uh, um. So he says, like after. Heck, mine is called Home Depot. <laughs> th- oh, there you have it. I know I had to use it when I did that job dismantling uh, photo laboratories. We had to use that to pack to um, package up and seal the chemistry coming out of the lab because so many of the uh, mixes were some were caustic, others were purely 100% carcinogen, so you can't dump it down the, the drain. So we had to drain it out of the machine and then put the lid on it and then. Uh, a company dealing in this chemistry would, would come around at a later date and pick up these buckets. Um, and then so, drop it in the closest river. <laughs> I guess. Or take it out to the ocean, you know, or in the water reservoir, something something uh, nefarious like that. Uh, so he says that, you know, after soaking in this with your feet in the in the bucket for 30 minutes, if you, if you flash the flashlight, Across the water, you will see the water gets cloudy or or you can, you know, if there's enough of a load of particles in you, you'll see, you might see particles. Uh, so l- looking at his video and understanding the concept that he's explaining and all of that, it made me think, you know, knowing what we know about Shanghai, what Shanghai does when it grabs onto any technological, you know, any man-made energy field, I have no doubt that the combination of the Shanghai and the magnet must interact with people's energy field so much so that if they have these particles in them, it'll shut them off. I mean, that's that's my feeling of it, you know, because the, the, the gentleman doesn't know about Shanghai unless, I don't know if anyone has introduced it to him, but uh, he doesn't mention it, and he's focused on, you know, natural healing and herbs and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, that's that's my my feeling that the the Shanghai and the magnets, the the magnet, according to him, the magnetic field shuts down these particles, and we know how the Shanghai grabs onto uh, any energy field and just completely changes it, and he claims that these particles. 
they have the reason, oh, the person holding the camera was asking questions, and he says, oh, the reason you can't use frequencies to shut these things off is because they're constantly, they sh- they shift. So if you have ascertained that at this moment they're at a certain frequency and you try to irradiate them with that frequency, then they'll shift. So I'm thinking this this is kind of counterintuitive because on the one hand he's saying that the particles will change their energy signature. So they they cannot be disabled. But then at another point he's saying, oh, if you use something like a zapper or some other electric treatment, it the, these particles will feed off of that and get even more energized. So what is it? Because in order to do that, they have to sync up to that. So I, I don't know. I, some statements were kind of contradictory, but I was listening to it for someone who needed, who was interested in that, having that device made. So, but, uh, you know, interesting well, we, information. We, but <clears throat> not my reality right now. <laughs> well, we know that Shanghai, well, let me put it to you this way. There have been reports from numerous people that Shanghai, just Shanghai alone, like a pendant, will um, cause implants to come to the surface. And it was Jean Rockefeller, the first one, she said, look, it, I work with implants, and I'm telling you, there's implants that are coming out of my body. And I said, well, what do they look like? And she said, well, it sort of semi looks like a, a pimple when it starts out, but you realize it doesn't really look like a pimple. She says, but then it will just burst. And she had one in her ear that did that while she was driving down the street and her husband was driving, and he heard it pop. Wow. You know, and then um, my friend Cindy comes over, and I'm telling her this, and this was right in the beginning when we started out with it, and she says to me, well, I wouldn't have any of those implants in me. Because she's, you know, she's kind of on the outside of the conspiracy thing, and mm-hmm. she wouldn't think that. And then about, I wouldn't say 15 minutes later, she says to me, what in the heck is this thing on my back? And I look at this, and it looks exactly like what uh, Jean uh, explained to me. And so I took a picture of it. As a matter of fact, I'll put that up on the show notes so you guys can just see it. And um, it, it, it looked exactly what Jean said. So I didn't have any of these. I did have some weird things, but not like she was explaining. So, it, And then somebody else um, just recently uh, said something about, implants um so i think that people may not even realize that these little weird pimples they're getting could be implants that are being forced out by the shungite which would make sense because the shungite is changing your entire electromagnetic field and um empowering you at an energetic level so why what do i say by empowering well the body is supposed everything is supposed to be counter or clockwise rotation and all of this toxicity, and especially the EMF stuff, comes along rotating the other way. Well, yeah. <clears throat> if it's rotating with such power that it's overpowering your own system, it's like two tops going in opposite directions. And one of them is bigger than the other one and hits it. And what happens? You crash the, the, the littler guy. Well, you're the littler guy in this kind of a situation. When you take the shungite, all of a sudden, not only is the shungite balancing you out and causing all of your rotation, everything that was going wrong to start rotating right, you're being fed by the quantum field. And things just can't beat the quantum field. So 
any in, any implant that was in you is now you, your body's going to try to expel everything that is toxic to it. That's not rotating in the right direction. So um, I don't know that you know if it works on nanoparticles, but I would think it did. You're probably I, I, just peeing nanoparticles out of your body when you get shot. Well, this is one of the things is that uh, I'm 100% certain that uh, Shanghai works at the, at the nano level because of this, the simple proof that we have that just a few, a few grains of the dust are powerful enough to have tremendous, you know, impact on things around it, like, like the meters and the cell phones. So right, right, that tells me how strong it is and it has, should have no problem dealing with anything at the nano level. Nano is invisible to the naked eye, but it's still visible matter to, you know, as, uh, um, assisted, uh, assisted visual, like with a microscope or some other, you know, amplification device. Yeah, Shanghai continues to amaze us. And the last, well, the most recent um, testimonial came from, uh, I don't know if she wants me to use her name. So, um, and what she said was that she got the pendant. Now, this was one of the S4 pendants that um, Walt uh, makes up in the resin, but his mother designs them. And then she puts on the um, the connectors for the cord. And... So she gets this thing and she immediately puts it on and runs to Target or one of these big stores because she couldn't get, she couldn't, you know, it was, I had the same problem. I'd go into stores like Target and within 20 minutes I would be feeling really sick. And I, even though I am like, I guess because at that point in time I was not wanting to think about the EMF because it was so tragic to me and nobody was listening to me at that time, which I'm talking 10 years ago, more than that, 15 probably, 20. I would feel like it was from the chemicals, all the stuff that's in the, you know, the clothes and, you know, it's, it's just all this chemical environment was what I was interpreting it as. Now, Cindy, my best friend, she'd go in, she'd get the same things, but she never went to the chemistry. She thought it was the fluorescent lighting. Well, you got the fluorescent lighting and the EMF that's already in the store, and then over these, you know, 20, 15, 10 years, I don't know how long it's been because I can't keep track of time, but they all put Wi-Fi into the stores too. So now people that could get through a little bit of shopping in these stores, feeling bad but not feeling like I can't do it, um, are confronting something that's like, oh, my God, this is terrible. And... They can't do their shopping. So she said she put that pendant on and she ran to the store and she had none of the symptoms because the, the, the field of the, at the quantum level is protecting you from all this other stuff. Now, when we were discussing, um, her testimonial, um, one of the people was saying, you know, she said, I just feel so very bad because when I used to go to the store with my daughter and she'd, she'd get inside that store and start screaming, she said, I never realized that she was in pain. These kids that are crying in stores, it very well could be that they are in pain from the electromagnetic fields. So, I mean, this is a real, and, and thank God, now now you're seeing all sorts of doctors and, and people coming out and saying, this is, this is real, this is really damaging us. Because um, I can tell you, for a long time, Nobody wanted, they'd look at you like you were absolutely nuts, but now they have some 
you know, now that other people are talking about it that have credentials instead of somebody that, you know, has experience, we wouldn't want well, to have experience talking for crying that's, out. That's, and, uh, and, oh, I'm sorry for all those people that worked in high tech in the 50s and 60s because they were lied to worse than we're getting lied to at the present moment. You know, uh, when you come across someone that has suffered polio as a child and they have, uh, and they have a, a leg that that's either shorter or paralyzed, or it looks like a, the leg has shriveled, you know, due to the illness. You ever see those? And they have to use like a thicker shoe to be able to walk normally. You, yeah, you, sure. Okay. Um, and when I went to technical school, I had one of the instructors. I mean, top-notch individual. I mean, I wish I had half of his brain because I mean, the guy knew like everything about everything. And the gentleman had this condition. And one time after class, some of the guys, we stayed behind because we had other questions for him. And we just got chatting about technical things. And I I was wondering about his condition. And I I said, you didn't get vaccinated for polio? And he says, no, no, this this is not from polio. He says, this is from a decade of working with lasers. The laser radiation did this to me. And I thought, oh, my goodness gracious. Because in the, in the 60s, he was involved in that. And, but nobody was taking any precautions. Nobody ever warned him that laser radiation is harmful for your energy system, you know, for your body. And I'm thinking, wow, if it can do this, what other stuff are they not warning us about? <laughs> well, in some cases, they, you know, I, I know that some of, initially some of it was just total misunderstanding. I knew that when I was in the, uh, you know, the army with electronic warfare and electronics. They did not have an appreciation for what was really happening. Um, but now they damn well know. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, if you, if you, if you search into the smallest print in your, in the booklet that supposedly comes with your phone, you're going to see that it says that your phone should be kept five eighths of an inch from your ear. Okay, I mean, every every phone has to have this, plus a lot of other warnings, but they put it in such small print that who the heck ever ever sees this. So they know there's a problem. There's even patents out on electronic uh, add-ons that can be used probably just to reverse the field that are are, are kept by, by companies who are building the cell phones. They're, they've got the patents because they want to be able to keep anybody else from messing with their stuff, but they're not putting the stuff in their phones to protect them. So we're being lied to. Mm. Um, we're 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 and this this leads me to the to the subject that I I've been studying for the last I don't know eight hours or something and that's Iceland. Um, when I first started hearing about Iceland back in 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 2009 and their irresponsibility for crying out loud, um, I became fascinated with the people that were basically taking charge of their own country. When I decided to do an in-depth review of what all had happened, um, I went into it thinking, oh, this is going to be fun. You know, find out. And then I, when I finally realized what had happened, I was, you know, like, oh, bummer. <laughs> now, for those people that probably have never heard about what Iceland did or perhaps uh, more to the point, I've only heard a little bit of it, like I did. Um, it's it's a it's an amazing story, uh, truly amazing. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to um, 
I want to read something by. It was a it was a TED uh, uh, seminar, well whatever they call those things, and it is uh, a woman by the name of Brigitta. Oh geez, I don't know Hans Hans Dottier, J O N S D O T T I R, and she's a member of Parliament in Iceland. She was a mom with three kids, um, working part-time in, I believe, in the web area, and 2009 hit. So what happened was that she became very active in what is considered a revolution. It's called the Pots and Pan Revolution. That's what they kind of nicknamed it. And it was a situation where the people realizing what was what was happening to them took to the streets and all they did was beat on pots and pans and drums and make music and say peace and they were saying you know we're not going to go along with this complete and and crazy um situation because they in 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 Iceland had had found out the same thing you know that we found out was that uh, the banks had screwed everybody, and everybody, all these loans, all these these very risky loans that they made, with disastrous results, were now the, the in the hands of the the people. The people had to pay these back. I mean, it was like, what the banks got into this problem, and now the people have to pay it back. What's all this about? So, um, what she said was that. Let me see if I can find it. Okay. Now, interestingly enough, I did not realize how many, how few people were in Iceland. There's, there's only, uh, 317,000 people in, in this little country. Um, but they were responsible for, uh, I think it came out to 85 billion dollars. Uh, it was 21,000 euros, but I think that, that is like, you know, 85 billion in American money. And they were responsible for this debt that, that they, none of them knew about. Um, they were confronted by a media that was owned by the same oligarchy that owned the banks. And these banks apparently had been privatized five years prior to the crash. So in five years, they were able to um, cause an $85 billion debt to be rung up that the people of Iceland were supposed to be responsible for. Uh, which is, is, is nutty. So, but, so the, so the government that was there decided, well, yeah, we've got to somehow or another figure out how to pay for this. But there was no way in any kind of concept at all that the people were going to be able to pay this back. I mean, the, the bill was, was extraordinarily more than the, the country had ever made economically. It would have killed the country. So they really didn't have a decision to make about paying back the bankers or not. They couldn't. So um, she gets up and she's talking about this, and this was, uh, you know, fairly recently. And she was saying to, to the people there in the TED audience, you know, that we the people are the system. Okay? And the system was created in simpler times with smaller populations, but no longer can it serve the people. It's only self-serving. He said, she said that they take welfare states because, um, Iceland's considered a welfare state in that they have 
medical help and and they get education and you know they're 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 supported by the government they much more so than anything you know in the west other than iceland and some other welfare states but they're they're really kind of dedicated to you know at least considering the only 317,000 people that make up the country so but it's a welfare state and what she's pointing out and and you can see this that it happened in ireland and greece and in spain and you know the same type of situation that she believes that these um bankers and the powers that be which i happen to agree with her um create a situation where welfare states or any state that is uh legitimately trying to work with its population and not declare itself a tyrant and a dip uh, a despot and just take over and like you see in some places that they absolutely bring them to their knees so when they're brought to their knees like you see in Greece then they buy out everything well you in, like in Greece for instance um you owe us all this money, so um, in order for you to pay us back this money, we're going to take over your um, uh, transportation system. We're going to take over your um, ability to make any more money within your country because we're going to own it all. So it's, it's this, this attempt to try to privatize everything in a given nation. And she was fairly funny. She said, you know, she said, you got a hundred talking heads resting on the body of the corporate monster. And that is something that probably is not so much in Iceland where they didn't have a corporation actually running them. They actually had a real government. Um, and that secrecy laws are now the new norm. Um, we've been manipulated into believing we are powerless, which is a lie, because we have never been as connected as we are today. But metadata, metadata, the stuff they have on us, is really keeping us butt, butt naked, she said. We must become a co-creator of society by claiming your power. You have to become a your own personal alchemist. And she went into the word revolution and she said, revolution is revolting with love and change. Why are we so afraid of change? We have each other to help ourselves through a complex world. Um, the party that she, she actually started two different parties that ended up sort of merging and becoming one little party is now, uh, the most popular party in Iceland. Um, so, and she's a member of the parliament because of this. She was just like I say, a mom when all this started out. But she did believe that it comes down to People becoming engaged, engaged in their nation and in the governing because you cannot have democracy. She said democracy requires work. Um, it was, I will have the, the link up. It was very, very, um, very interesting. Now, the other person that I want to um, <clears throat> mention is a guy by the name of Ulfur Hoxson, and he became the special prosecutor when they, they, the, the government was, um, okay, what happened was the government initially had to resign, but then they had elections, and, and I didn't know this, but apparently a good portion of the people that were real politicians ended up becoming part of the government again. 
And so you sort of got the the same situation that's there that you had, but now you've got talk about creating a new constitution. Now, the constitution that they had in Iceland at the time had been put in uh, as a provisional constitution in 1944, which was part of the movement by Iceland to declare independence from the Nazi-occupied Denmark. Um, they were uh, together at the time, but Iceland managed to kind of stay away from the get keep the Nazis at bay, and so they they declared their own nation to protect them or to legally protect themselves from any uh, more problems there. So this new post crash government came into office in, in 2009. And they decided to break new ground by asking the people. Now, they asked the people, not the politicians, to draft a new constitution. The idea there was that they they set up a, a, a group, I think it was 954 people, something like that, that were kind of like ra- randomly chosen. And they gave them a day to um, figure out what kind of a, a government that they wanted. And I believe that that was televised. So they come up and they um, say basically, um, well, we want it to be moral and we want it to protect the people and we want to have the um, people uh, owning the natural, uh, all because they've got a tremendous number of, um, like the the thermals, geo, the, the area has got two volcanoes. In the midst of all this, they had two volcanoes go off, if you remember. But the volcanoes and, and the way that the entire island is or landscape is, they have um, they get they they heat from the the ground geothermal uh, kind of systems that they're used, and then they've got the fishing and they've got a tremendous number of rivers and tourism, and so they want to be able to have the people in charge of their own natural uh, gifts, the the treasures of their own nation, and that really did not sit well because there were so many fishermen that, you know, they were not your normal little guy. They were the big fishermen, the, the ones that, you know, are, uh, it's just another form of, of corporation there. So they were coming up to that economic problem. Um, so they had the, they, they got this idea of, okay, we want these special things. And so then they set up a, a, a group of 25 individuals that were essentially elected by the people, you know, as being uh, the ones that are going to look at this this constitution and draft it. Well, three individuals with connections to the Independent Party, which Independence Party, which is the largest party in in Iceland uh, until the crash, uh, filed a bizarre technical complaint about the way the election to the constitute to this assembly had been conducted. On the basis of this complaint, six Supreme Court justices, five of whom have been appointed by successive ministers of justice from the Independence Party, declared the election null and void, even if no one had ever claimed that the results of the election were all affected by the alleged technical flaws. So all of a sudden you got three people who stood up and then you've got five people who said, yeah, we'll use this as a way of getting rid of this group that has just given us a draft of a constitution that um, the people want. And so they forced a, uh, a, a change and the parliament then appointed the same, the same kind, the same kind of a group, 
but now it was an appointment by the government. No longer was it a vote by the people. But anyway, these people still did a pretty good job, and they gave them a um, a draft. And then what happened was that it was it, because it, it's one thing to have a, a draft that's brought up by the people. And the, and what they did was they actually went on Facebook and uh, it was called crowdfunding constitution because they went to the people and they said, why don't you tell us what you want? And they had all of their uh, meetings were, were held, you know, behind closed doors. But then the minutes of the uh, were were made available to the population. So the population came back and said, well, this and that and the other thing. So it was a real concept of working with with a democratic kind of concept. And they gave them the draft. And then what happened was that, and, you know, this sounds so familiar if you know U.S. politics, the, the there was a situation where they could have voted on this, but if they could possibly delay it, there would have there was another election and then there'd be a whole new parliament and they and that's what they did so this constitution that so many people believed had so much riding on it for the the uh success of the people was essentially killed because of delay and as she was speaking um this Brigetta she said um our constitution is in a state of coma because it's never, they just sort of tabled it and they never went back to it. Now, they also, this the, the, the guy I was talking about, the prosecutor, he was able to prosecute, first off, he, he brought charges against the prime minister of uh, Iceland for allowing the banking problem to happen. And then he went after the three biggest um, CEOs or the biggest bank CEOs, and he prosecuted them, and they were convicted. They, the the uh, prison time went to five and a half years because the limit on these kind of things was six years. Um, they he there's been a lot of other ones. There's there's more. There's like 25 of them or something that have been brought to uh, actually put in jail. Might be more like 20, but there's 20 other ones that are um, pending, and. These first three, they had 200 indictments against against them. And they were specific. They were showing how they actually did fraudulent things. They would take case after case and say, look, you can't do this. And this is, you know, defrauding people. So they did something that, of course, the United States did not do. We had the same situation. We had CEOs that were very much implicit in absolute, not just immoral, but illegal activities. And what we did was we said, that's all right. We're going to bail you out. Not only that, we're not going to punish you. And not only that, you can go on and you can do the same damn thing you've been doing, and you can screw us some more. And that's the reality of the United States. Now, they didn't succeed the way I had hoped they had succeeded. But they brought into um, the, the minds of people the power of the people, even though it was such a small nation. Um, they have, in fact, uh, they paid off the, the uh, loan that they had from the IMF a year before they needed to. Uh, they were 6.7% uh, loss of, of income or economy. Um, in the in uh, 20, 2009, but by 2010 they were 2.5 above that, and they continued to grow until they're the most successful economy right now in Europe. 
Um, I'm sure that there are many, many ways that they're trying to um, hurt these people. Um, one of the ways was when they first were, were presented this concept of bailing out the banks and pay off the loans that the banks had made, these private banks. Uh, the banks were nationalized, and the people of Iceland said, we're not going to pay that loan off. So what happened? The the uh, United uh, I mean um, the uh, United Kingdom put Iceland on the list of terrorist nations. I didn't know this, and then proceeded to um, prevent them from getting other further loans and to basically shut them down as being a having the ability to um, uh, even conduct. Uh, any kind of business. I'm trying to see where she was talking about that because it was like, oh yeah, she says um, they were UK listed Iceland on its list of terrorists. Iceland was the only nation on the list that had their assets frozen and stopped all credit loans. This is economic warfare. Now she was on there. They were Iceland was listed with every terrorist nation or group in the world, and yet they were the ones that that they went after. So. What I want to do now, we're getting close to the end of, of the first hour. I want to bring in uh, Barbara Threecrow because last time she was on, we talked about um, the tribal consciousness. And as I'm reading through this and I'm thinking about these people and watching videos of them in the streets with pots and pans and, you know, just saying, no, no, we're not going to do this. You saw something... Something there was like, you, I've seen crowds. I've seen so many different crowds um, doing something. But this was a crowd of a people, a nation, that I guess because it was a smaller group, that um, they just manifested this togetherness and that I, I from an energetic level, was um, really impressed with. I don't think we've, we've heard the end of them. I, I really want to talk to uh, to Barbara about where she's been, too. She's probably got stories about what she's been doing. And, um, Walt, is there anything you want to kind of contribute here? Because I know that you know about this situation. Well, the, when we had a chance to speak on, on Skype and you mentioned the subject of Iceland, I, I cannot help but point out the little tiny insignificant detail that and I ask you to confirm this, that the Icelandic government is not a private corporation. It is the government of the people, yes, no? Yes, it, it is not a corporation. It's the government of the people. Oh, that's, that's our problem then. You know, our, the American government, in quotation marks, is a private corporation. Therefore, the private corporation's business is to protect other corporations, which are the banks. That's why they, they went, they didn't care about the citizenry, they cared about their cronies, their friends, you know, the guys that they golf with. <laughs> they, yes, they, it's, it's, it's very probable that um, the, the reason that, the, again, it was a small nation and the government was not the corporation. They did have some kind of control still over their government. The government still had to respond to the people. Um, so, yes, I, I totally agree that to do the same thing here in the United States would be a much bigger revolution because you would have to basically, uh, 
The only well, first off, it wouldn't take anything. All you'd have to have is a, con- a Congress that stood up and said we revoke the treaty or the uh, oh, what do they call it? It wasn't a treaty. It was a uh, an agreement between the bankers and the Congress, the uh, 42nd Congress, right after the Civil War, that gave the District of Columbia to the bankers in or, as, as collateral so that the bankers would give the Congress enough money to get out of the mess that the Civil War had created. However, the Civil War had been instigated by bankers. There's no doubt about that, in my opinion. And it was done to bring the country to its knees. It's the same thing they continually do. It's the same pattern. Bring the country to its knees and then take it over. Privatize everything. And in this case, they privatized the government of the United States. So, yeah, we have a massive problem. You mean they created the Clone Wars? The what? <laughs> the what? You know, you're not a, a Star Wars fan? I didn't, I didn't hear what you said. They created the Clone Wars? You never, you never, uh, you're not a fan of the Star Wars universe, uh, you know, the George Lucas Star Wars, because that, that's the storyline of the George Lucas, you know, here the, uh, the, the so, the so-called minister Palpatine, that's what, that's what he did. He, he, he created, uh, you know, the, the, this conflict with all the, uh, the, the allied planets. So he created the war, and then he provided the solution. You know, we have, we have this army of clones that we can send out and fight against the enemies. And it turns out that it was it was like a man holding two puppets, and the puppets are arguing with each other. The same thing. You know, yeah, you, but you we, keep falling for the, we keep falling it, for the same pro, the same the same scam. <laughs> you know, and I and I I think she's right. It's like we have to co-create. We have to get off our butts and realize that if you're gonna live in a democracy you have to work at it every day and that w- that's what's so damn tragic about it is like why why, why can't we just play play friendly in the sna- sandbox you know you get this greed and this other stuff that starts to happen and and i don't know well that's what simon park said they are truly psychopaths there's no other word in the dictionary to use to label these people they <laughs> truly exist to exploit everything and own any everything, and uh, the the planet is theirs to enjoy, and we're just in the way, bothering this, uh, you know, ruining the scenery for them. Yep. Because okay, I, we're gonna we we gotta take a break <clears throat> because um, somebody's got to pee. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm not saying who, Colleen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless your heart. Oh, okay, when we come back, I'm hoping Barbara's still there. Yeah, she looks like she's there. She said she'd come on for the end our show so um when we come back hopefully barbara will be with us and we can um you know continue talking about whatever we're talking about thank you hold in there <laughs> all right we are back and with us is barbara three crow yes barbara are you there i'm here i'm here hello <laughs> everybody <laughs> hi barbara hello barbara Hi, hi, Wolf. Hello. <laughs> so, how are you doing? You went on a trip. Well, yes, I did. Um, yeah, I was invited out to Utah, um, Park City area, actually. I'd never been out to Utah. And I was invited out there to do some ceremony and some teachings. And, uh, 
Yeah, it was oh, amazing, amazing uh, country. Uh, my the woman who invited me, I met her at the ghost dance, um, the Shawnee ghost dance. It's the revising revision of the ghost dance, the original one that um, Wavoka, a Paiute. Uh, man had brought to the people in the 1800s, and uh, the Shawnee revised it, uh, gosh, maybe 20-some years ago, 25 years ago, and I met her there, and uh, she invited me out to Utah, and um, to, yeah, to do ceremony there, and also to uh, share some of the teachings that come through, and um, so she her home is on top of one of the mountains out there. It's about, let me see, it's about an hour from Salt Lake City and about 40 minutes from Park City. So, um, and the whole place is surrounded by ranges, range after range after range of magnificent mountains. If you've not been out there, it's quite spectacular. And, uh, yeah, so I went out there Wednesday. I just came back yesterday. And uh, had a really beautiful time and had some wonderful, um, well, I call them miracles or blessings, you know, um, for what we were doing, meaning the responses of what I call the ancestors. Ancestors can be, cover many uh, levels. They can be, you know, um, the ETs. Uh, they can be the old ones. Uh <laughs> And so on. And, of course, they also um, send various critters, uh, wingeds and four-leggeds and all, to show us their gratitude or uh, give us a, an aha moment, uh, which happened several times uh, while we were there. Um, one spectacular thing uh, happened was... Um, because I go out at night, I go out early in the morning, but I also make sure I go out at night as much as I can to just uh, give a gratitude for the day and so on. And I just check out uh, what's happening up there in the cosmic realm. And, of course, out there on the mountain there are no lights, no interfering lights, so the sky was spectacular. The um, Milky Way was... Uh, right over, right over us, and, you know, it's a magnificent uh, um, cosmic um, dragon or serpent, uh, really. Um, I have a picture of the Milky Way over um, Devil's Tower in uh, Wyoming, um, and it looks, you could see the serpent, what it is. Of course, um, my understanding is the great sacred mother, uh, or goddess was the serpent originally. And so Orion was there, uh, of course, and uh, the Southern Cross. And so I got really excited and brought a couple of the women out and I said, you have to bundle up, really. Get out here on this deck, you know. And uh, so we're all looking out there at everything, and I'm pointing the seven sisters out to them and Orion and so on. And... Uh, I decided, uh, well, I was given this. I've lost Skype, guys, so hold on just a minute. We've got to get the call back. All righty, here we go again. Hello. Hello. 
Hello. Wasn't that fun? Mm. Where'd you all go? No. What planet? <laughs> what star did you go to? <laughs> Not fun. Okay, Barbara, you had just told us about the uh, the look to the sky and the ladies had come out to the uh, balcony thing, the porch. Yeah. I was um, brought them all out because it was just magnificent. And also, uh, I was getting a very strong message to sing the uh, Wikitopio Yate song, which was given to me uh, by uh, the beings. Uh, it's a Star Nation song. It's a beautiful song, and it's thanking them. And so I said, I'm going to teach you a song. And uh, somebody's saying the volume is low. Old one's saying the volume is low. Okay. Uh, can you guys hear me okay? I hear you fine. I hear you fine. I hear you too. Okay. And um, so we started singing. And uh, we have to sing this four times because uh, usually in something sacred and ceremonial, uh, we honor the four directions. Uh, for elements and so on. And uh, so I'm talking to you, but Colleen says the Internet went down again. <laughs> okay. Uh, not this time. I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> okay. A few moments ago. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So as I'm singing this song with them, uh, the four times as we're singing it, I know I'm getting the message from the star people that they're gonna, they're gonna show us something. And, uh, as we finished singing the fourth time, we were still looking up and right above us this huge, huge glowing sphere shoots right across us in a high arc. And, uh, it was so magnificent. And this has happened to me Every time I sing this uh, star song, the Star Nations, the E.T. Gratitude song. And so we're jumping all over the deck and yay, yay, yay. <laughs> it was so beautiful uh, sign. And the fact that I was getting the message to do that and that they were going to show us something uh, that was really perfect. And uh, just to jump ahead um, on the, um, let me see. I was there on the 7th, I think it was the 7th, which was the Saturday or Sunday. When it's 7th or 8th, all over Utah was the next day, anyway, after they appeared in that uh, across the sky for us. The next day, um, it was all over um, Utah and California that a huge uh, sphere in the sky uh, was seen just hanging out and I did send a link earlier and of course um, I saw videos of you can look at the videos and it just was holding there um, very very slow movement and turned different colors um, and of course the authorities always step in and tell you what it is so they said it was a naval shooting off some fire testing you can look at the videos and you will see that it's just so not that anyway. But, you know, they have to come up with something like that. And <laughs> so anyway, 
there were some beautiful uh, sights uh, given to us. Um, we had um, ravens come uh, right close to the house. One particular one was in the window, right at the window, dancing, just dancing and flipping and twirling and hanging out there. You know, the ravens are the ones who bring the messengers. You know, they're they're the messengers. So, oftentimes in in uh, in our tradition, we uh, ask certain of the creatures um, to help us, and the ravens are particularly one that uh, sends the messages to uh, great spirit or carries messages uh, to others that you direct your intention to. So why I'm telling you these particular signs is because we were there partly fulfilling prophecy, um, which was the prophecy given to me about the gathering in the sacred circles and working with frequencies, working with energies, uh, you know, to raise the vibration, uh, to align with the new paradigm um, that is uh, higher frequency. And so these signs, uh, you know, I call them miracles because they're just so stunning. You can't, can't really make these things up, you know. And um, anyway, that's one couple things there that happened that I wanted to share with you all and thank you would you would you would you feel comfortable sharing more of the the prophecy give us the background on it well the prophecy particular prophecy of um is the one that was given to me in uh, 1989 about the return of the sacred feminine and the earth changes meaning that they would be this particular time we're in now is the time of the earth changes and the new paradigm the fifth world, thousand years, years, or fifth hoop, we call it, meaning uh, a um, we're entering. You know, in 2012, I think I talked about this, in 2012, everybody said the world was going to end and so on. Well, but then 2012 came and went, and people said, well, nothing happened, but things really did happen. Uh, if you pay attention, you know, thousands of birds were falling out of the sky, and there were fish dying and in the oceans and creeks and lakes and various other things, crabs. I mean, it was unbelievable what was going on. And there were all those, those sounds. Remember the sounds? The sound, well, they've been going on for, you know, those sounds have been going on for many years, but they really um, escalated. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, they really began to escalate. And, um, you know, we look at that. I received a message that the uh, it's about the portals and the web being stretched uh you know when you stretch something it's it it has a sound of course a frequency it's not quite breaking but it's the pressure is so intense so we have this pressure happening building up in our atmosphere uh the frequency and the energy um is happening and it's pressuring things and it's like a uh, you know, some people hear, I, you hear various uh, unusual sounds throughout the whole of the world. And uh, some sounds like angels, trumpets, other sounds like something creaking or like a roaring, uh, various different, different types of sounds people have been describing. And if you listen to the videos, it's pretty stunning. And they're all over 
the, let, let me let me let me oh. interrupt here because I I actually had that happen here. I was sitting doing computer stuff and I start hearing a strange noise that seemed to be coming from all around me. Yeah. And it was um not exactly mechanical, but not exactly like a howl of an animal or it was just the most peculiar sound I've ever heard. So I went outside and yes, it was coming from it just was all around outside. All around. Yeah. And I'm yeah. listening to it for about I would say it wasn't more than five minutes. And I kind of like shook my head and, and, you know, wondered, you know, but didn't give it that much thought until the couple of days later when somebody else in Florida had um, actually taped, was used a camera to tape the sound, and it was exactly the same thing. Yeah. Well, there's also the explosions, like booms, loud booms, you know, and I've had that happen here over these years. I would wake up in the middle of the night from this horrific boom. Uh, and I'd sit up and I'd listen and nothing's going on. You know, I live out here in the country and, uh, but I would hear it quite frequently. And, uh, that's another one that people hear this, this, uh, sonic so, booming. When you would hear this, see, I, I'm thinking about my reaction to this and I should have been, and I'm, I'm sort of like warning us all that my reaction to that was to work with it at, at the, the 3D brain level. You know, if I'd been smart, I should have just opened myself up to try to connect to the sound. But instead, I'm using my ears and my head to try to figure out what it was. When you hear this big bang, do you have that reaction of, oh, was there an accident or what could cause that? Or do you try to connect with what actually is the source of the sound? Well, I got used to it. Uh, When I first started to hear it, that was my first reaction was, was this a crash outside or something? And then listening, then I'd realize, no, that it wasn't. And then over time, when it continued to happen, I knew that it was nothing earthly, that it was unearthly, you know. And uh, actually, so many people have had this this booming going off that it's now um, some doctors have come out with a diagnosis and a blue pill for it. And they call it, literally, they call it exploding head syndrome. And they You're said, kidding me! Oh, this, I'm not. I, oh my I, God! I did a whole I did a whole show on this um, with Patty Walking Turtle and and um, Tracy Kennedy did a whole show on it. I have to call you back because I'm on radio right now. How are you? I'll call you back. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that, folks. Um, so, exploding head syndrome. We were hysterical, laughing, tears coming out of our eyes because this uh, um, doctor came out with this uh, diagnosis, and uh, because people were complaining about having these these sounds uh, just when they were falling asleep or when they were asleep, and he came up with the uh, diagnosis that when we go to sleep, it's the brain uh, synapses are exploding off. Uh, as we are shifting into sleep and uh, so on and so forth. And uh, they even had the 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 uh, gall to say that it's not uh, UFOs, that it's not ETs. It's not <laughs> you know, they were debunking the conspiracy theorists on this. And uh, they said they have, uh, you know, uh, also a remedy for it. And it's a pill, of course. <laughs> so, so. Yeah. Oh my God. 
So anyway, these things are happening all over the world, and uh, the prophecy given to me so many years ago was that we were going to be heading for, for dramatic earth changes, and the coming times would mean that we all really have to step up to the plate um, in order to move through the into the new, you know, the, the new paradigm, which is a higher frequency. That's why I keep talking about frequency, but this is not new. It's ancient knowledge about using frequencies. Now, everything has a frequency. You guys know that. You know, you're working with the Shungite and the Sacred Stones, and they all, that's what we're talking about, high, high frequency. And um, so, but humans are subjected to, uh, you know, Ego, uh, words, emotions, thoughts, and uh, we are also given free will to choose, you know, how we how we want to think, uh, what what words we want to come out of our mouth or our emotions. We get stuck in our emotions, and uh, those are all frequencies. And uh, of course, the agenda or the elite is really working um, uh, overtime to keep us all in lower frequency uh, through fear and uh, uh, violence and prejudices. All these are frequencies, and they want us to remain in the fifth world, which is the world of chaos. And this is the time of enlightenment, you know, this paradigm that we are moving into. It is open. The doorways opened in 2012. The portals opened already. So many are shifting into higher frequency and enlightenment and holding that frequency. This is very important that we do that. And it's a challenge because we are, you know, they're ramping it up uh, upon us that we keep slipping. If we slip, keep slipping back into that lower frequency, into that other, that other paradigm, the fourth uh, world of chaos, that's where we're going to remain. There is a period of time that we have, and it was from, uh, let me see, 2012, 13, 14, 15, 12, 34, it was three years to, to 2015, and now we have like about uh, maybe two years left to really get our act together, um, you know, to hold this frequency, and um, the prophecy basically was a given to me that uh, women needed to actually lead the way. Uh, with changing uh, certain patterns, uh, generational patterns, to help our brothers change their generational patterns because we have been pitted against each other deliberately. Uh, We've all gotten wrong information, been lied to, and we live our lives and relate to each other according to that. And it's just not men and women. It's the way we relate to everyone, our brothers and sisters and that's where the violence and the prejudices come in and so on. Those are all really low, dark frequencies. And basically they wind up, uh, we pretty much wind up as food. Those energy frequencies wind up as food for the dark. So we're feeding the dark. We're keeping ourselves uh, in that paradigm, in that, in that uh, state. Now, when, the, you do the, when you do the ceremonial work, are you focusing on your energies? What? Can you walk us through a little bit about, you know, what the intent is of the ceremonial work and what the, you know, what is actually you're doing? Yeah, well, the particular, well, the ceremonies that I lead 
are um, the ones that I do, that have been trained to do our Lakota, traditional Lakota pipe ceremony and the Inipi, or what people call the sweat lodge. Um, now, these are all traditional, and every part of the ceremony is set up with uh, everything that we do, you would say, is a focus on a high frequency, if we want to use those terms. Uh, I mean, that's not traditional, but the intention is to be, you know, walking, what we call walking in a sacred manner. Um, it's our conscious awareness, uh, in other words, that you step into this ceremonial grounds, for instance. It's a conscious awareness of where you are, and everything uh, visually tells you that you are you are at a sacred fire, you are at a sacred uh, ceremonial, at an altar, and so on. And everything that you do, the prayer ties, the the tobacco into the fire, the way we do everything, of course, visually would show you there's a sacred uh, part here. There's something very sacred, sacrosanct about what we're doing. So if you're involved in it, you become one with it. And we are very careful, you know, to tell people, uh, be aware of your thoughts. Be aware of the words coming out of your mouth. Be here in a sacred way because uh, when you light that fire, it is a power. Um, when you uh, put the, the um, you know, the chinumpa, the sacred pipe together, it becomes a power, an unknown power. So your awareness, conscious awareness of these traditions is very important. Um, you know, and so, and it is significant the way we function every day. You don't, I say we are, every day is a ceremony, meaning every day we are in a sacred altar here. The Mother Earth is a sacred being. Everything around us of creation is sacred. It has a, a living spirit within it, a very conscious living spirit here, very conscious of us, very aware of us. And if we are not conscious uh, and aware then we have to figure out, well, how are we affecting this sacredness, everything that's so sacred around us? Because we do affect, we have a powerful effect on where we are living here, the mother, each other, as well as the cosmic web, because that's what we're talking about, the cosmic web into infinity. So that's uh, very important to understand. The, the teachings that I bring are from the grandmothers, uh, the spirit grandmothers. And it is about understanding, again, our sacredness and what that really means and how to learn to function from your heart spirit, which is, of course, in, uh, the highest frequency, the heart spirit, because it is, it really is um, connecting us to the source. When you are, you, you know, you could say when you're in your center, I often use the word still point. When you are in the still point, um, you know the chaos theory? Are you familiar with the chaos theory at all? Run it by for those that may not be, please. Well, the chaos theory, you know, the messages that I get from the grandmothers, I often find later on that, in fact, it's really something that uh, you can often find in the scientific realm. Um, I was told about the still point, that how that <clears throat> we must uh, learn as uh, to uh, uh, maintain ourselves in a still point, <clears throat> excuse me, which, and understanding that, I was told that chaos can be 
rampant around us, but we will be holding this still point unaffected by the chaos that is ramping up. Now, then I'm reading about the scientific theory, the chaos theory, and they are saying the same exact thing, that uh, through studies they see that no matter how intense chaos is, there remains within chaos itself a still point. So I thought this is really quite amazing because <clears throat> so we are basically uh, ourselves as humans are here in this functioning chaos, right? It's a it's an eternal chaos. Part of it, uh, part of creation has that, and uh, we are either being drawn out into the chaos, uh, or we can or we need to hold the still point. The still point is exists. In other words. Uh, as they say, the scientists say, the still point exists within chaos, no matter how intense the chaos increases. Can I interject here? Because um, when we first started working with the shungite fullerene, the molecule that is so magical within shungite, I realized that there's a, there's a, there's a, a molecule called a genesis molecule that Buckminster Fuller talks about in depth. And the reason that he got involved with the investigating it is because it has a zero or a null point in it. And one day I said to, to Walt, I said, what's the difference between a genesis molecule and the fullerene? And he said, well, the fullerene is like a genesis molecule on steroids. Am I correct, Walt? Are you there? Yeah, well, I'm here. Um, because... When, when I when I began to understand Shungite, I realized that these fullerenes with their multitudinous null points were making connections to the quantum field because of the structure of the molecule. Because I totally agree that we're in an energy universe, but I also think that energy follows geometry. Right. And so when... You started talking about the still point. I, I suspect it's the same thing. And what I was getting through this is that, imagine, I mean, I was thinking of Gaia. My God, you, you call her the Mother Earth or, you know, whatever term you have, this being, this the super consciousness of our biosphere is there for us to talk to, but nobody's listening. I mean, I, I just all of a sudden got this, oh, my God, for all those eons, she was talking and, and people weren't listening. And once you open yourself up to that magical voice, that magical energy of just, um, it's, it's not just creation, it's the wonderment of creation. It goes beyond simple creation or the consciousness of creation. And then I, then you start talking about the uh, stillness, and I'm thinking about the, the fullerene. And I have called Shanghai Gaia's gift. And can you imagine the wonderment of something where you're being led to understand that the real critical point of power is to always maintain yourself in that null point. And then Gaia gives us a mineral. From one place in the whole world yeah. where the molecule itself is all of these different null points, right. all of these still points within the chaos of the universe. 
I mean, it's just a very powerful symbol of, as you say, the web into infinity. That's right. It's pretty miraculous when you really put the pieces together and you really uh, reflect and you have to reflect. You have to really go into it and understand it. Well, we say inner stand. You have to inner stand um, because it is about the inner self, inner standing about this great mystery. We're being given little tiny pieces of the great mystery, and it is there for everyone. And the more you go into it, it's like anything. The more you work with um, what I I call medicines, but your shungite is a medicine to me. Okay? It's a gift. It's a medicine. Absolutely. You know, like, for instance, people who work with crystals or the sacred pipe or various other things, even a a wing feather of a of a bird, you know, an eagle feather or whatever. The more you sit and be still, this is a key piece. Be still. Again, we're talking about the silent place, the null place, the still point. Be still, and you will receive. The doors will open. It's not a thinking process. I keep trying to get people to understand this. It's not intellectualizing anything. It is going to the still place where all the wisdom is held and it and it is there for everyone and it's not an intellectualizing process it's not thinking about it it's the sensory um, process basically it's the sensory gifts that we were all given we were all given the ability um, to um, basically excel at clairsentient clairaudio clairvisual everything um, you know we were all given those gifts but you can't think you can't think these things you have to sense them so we are sensing sensing beings we are energy beings we have different frequency levels we create frequency we create energy everything as you say yes the mother is alive and try to get people to understand that concept you know i mean it's an ancient concept it's a it's a tribal consciousness you talk about tribal consciousness sir that you, you know, we had discussed that a little bit. Tribal consciousness is about the living mother. It's about everything is alive and has a spirit, and you can communicate, and it will communicate with you. They are teachers. The mother is a teacher. She's constantly trying to reach us and communicate with us in so many ways, as are the creatures, just like that raven, just like the raven, you know. Well, what I find interesting about Native American or First Nation people and their culture is that you do have these really intense ceremonial processes that you go through that indicates to those people that are around that a sacred space is being created. Um, I remember the first time I saw somebody smudging, and I thought it was about the dumbest thing I'd ever seen, you know, burning smoke and you're going to get rid of these things, you know. But then I realized it's not... It's not the burning of the smoke. It's the amount of energy that's been uh, attached to that particular activity that gives it such intense power. Well, again, it's a medicine. It's a living plant. It's a spirit, right? It's a spirit in that plant, and the smoke is considered sacred because the smoke carries the message, of course. But it's the process, yes, of your holding this sacred bowl, which we use a, a shell from the ocean usually, which is another energy. And then we use the sacred feather, which is a winged one. Um, and usually we use an eagle feather. And the sage itself is a medicine. 
and has a living spirit. Every every item I just spoke about has a living spirit. And my intention is a key element. So that's the frequency, right? When I come up to you and I say, you know, just stand there for a moment, I'm going, my intention has already been spoken through all of those medicines and that comes through. Yeah, very important, very, very significant. You know, and it is about, we do have very powerful ceremonies. Um, You know, the spirits do come in, and amazing things happen. Um, You know, spontaneous healings happen. Um, Visitors, you know, the spirits come in, E.T. comes in, you know, the allies of humanity come in, and various other things, um, as well as the creatures. If you have certain medicines or, or allies that are your helpers, they will come in. They will often come in. In my lodges, because I have um, spider medicine, like you tell me grandmother spider, uh, I can sometimes be in that lodge and spiders are crawling all over me and crawling all over people. <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite powerful. So you have to really be able to hold yourself in a still point and know that this is the this is the Holy Mother, the Sacred Mother, Gaia, sending all of these beings to help us. You know, what I think that we're missing here in our own individual lives is the ceremony, yes. because we're never we're never subjected to um, moments of ceremonial vortexes, because that's what you're creating. You're creating an energy vortex within all of the chaos. You're creating a still point. Yes. When you when you enter into these ceremonies, instead, I mean, it's like you come home and you do the routines. But you never stop to, to, to actually create a sacred space. And that is what I think is missing from most people's lives, if not all of ours. Because I do it, but I don't do it the way I should do it. I used to do it. You know, it was, it was, you'd go through every day, I'd go out and I'd, in the morning, the first thing I would do is, would be the, hug the mother tree. And connect to the, to the, energy force of the yard itself with the trees and all and you know you go through these routines and the more you do them the more they are become empowered themselves and the more people that are doing the same kind of a routine every day now if we could just get everybody when the first things when they get up in the morning before you get out of bed just hesitate and say thank you that's right one no, of the things, it, yeah, I mean, one of the things I do when people come to me and they're in chaos, they're really lost, I say, I'm just going to give you something here to start with. Simple, I said, but I want you to make sure you do it every day. I want you to, when you get up in the morning, I want you to go immediately go outside and take a little gift of tobacco, a little pinch, because tobacco, again, is a spirit and it's very sacred in our tradition. It's got a corrupt, it's got corrupted, of course. As has as most things, um, but the ancestors know about this. Uh, they identify with this sacred tradition, and is to go out onto the mother and look around and thank everything first of all. Thank you know for your life for that day, and give that offering of gratitude and just say a, a, just a simple little thank you prayer. You know nothing elaborate to begin with. You can develop this as you go on. I have more um, you know very specific prayers that I begin my day with. And I use, um, I was guided recently to work with a frequency, particular movement, um, 
and uh, movement of which creates a frequency along with my prayer, uh, if you want to say affirmation, it's okay. Um, which is, of course, even if you're just speaking, uh, thank you, that's a frequency. Now I'm brought to a, um, a, a higher level to use um, actually a motion, a particular motion that creates a different frequency along with the words or the prayer that I'm using. It's very important ceremony, you know. Um, you have to find what your ceremony could be, like what you just said. You went out and hugged your tree. That's a frequency of love, and everything around you appreciates that and responds in kind. The matrix, the divine matrix, which exists in everything, was created to function according to its environment. We humans are the environment here. We're creating an environment. So ceremony is very significant. Once you start doing it, it becomes so uh, ingrained within you. It's like, you know, brushing your teeth. If you get up and you forget to brush your teeth, it's like, oh, my God, I forgot to brush my teeth, and it's bothering you all day. That's the same thing. You you have to practice. We have to practice aligning ourselves with divine frequency. And this is so crucial to our sustaining life, um, really, because we, if we're not, our frequency, our energy, what we're putting out is the opposite of gratitude and love. That's how powerful we are. Absolutely. And, you know... Even though I know that the the more we do, the better it gets. But if if just if just everybody just when you wake up in the morning, just think that all you people out there that are listening to us or will listen to us, we're just going to say thank you. That's and right. if we all do this one little action every morning, it will take on a profound energy yes. pattern within the collective. Yes, it um, will. I I really so appreciate um what you share with us because again it goes back to the concept that we have to get back to the to the way that the people who were closest to Gaia to begin with the way that they dealt with it because they they've got the history they've got the culture they they see that this works um the they're giving to her she gives the medicine that they need and um well, this is prophecy, Nancy, um, prophecy about the return um, of all nations, the rainbow warrior prophecy. We are all rainbow warriors. That's why we're here on the earth at this time. Some of us are awakened to it. Others are not. Others are feeling a longing or a pulling or a drawing, and they don't know exactly what it is. But it is about returning to the ways of our ancestors. Now, everyone that I'm speaking to, has had ancestors in the ancient times that were close to Mother, close to Gaia. They all lived according to that understanding and relationship, and not only Gaia, but to the cosmic realm. Well, we've lost the call again. My Internet connection shows it's up, but I do see that everything has gone back down. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Gee whiz. My so we've got we've got five minutes. Um, Barbara's got Barbara. Why don't you tell it? Well, you got a show. Um, that what's I I don't even know the what is today. Turtle it, talk. It's on Mondays. It's on Mondays. 
five my time, New York time. Right. Then we re- replay it, I think, on Tuesdays. Tuesday, yeah. 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 And um, you've got a. They can contact you somehow. Um, well, if somebody really, really wants to get in touch with me, they could probably connect with Colleen, and she would get me, get them to me on Skype. Only would that be all right? Per- only with your permission first. Yes, of course. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm incognito, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, Walt and I are out there. Walt, um... What do you got to say for yourself? That's all the only thing. I'm pleading not guilty. That's all I have to say for myself. <laughs> well, they can get to your, your website, newparadigmtools.net, um, or you can go to cosmicreality.net where he is on the front page. There's buttons right directly for shamanic journeying, or, um, you know, he also does computer help. If you got a computer problem, go to him first. And uh, Colleen is on um, HaggyShack Radio, no, HaggyShack.com, uh, and that's 24-7. But we, she's playing on certain days, um, she's uh, streaming into Wolf Spirit. So if you ever find that Wolf Spirit's down for some reason, try HaggyShack.com and see if she's not okay. Because there has been um, technical problems and or technical problems caused by human hacking we're not exactly sure what's happening but they're we're working trying to work through it so um we are supported by your donations and your membership to be able to get into the archives um we always appreciate you spending the time with us and um as far as is iceland and the in what's happening there we'll see but i think we have to um just put good energy to these people because Again, it, the 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 aspect of us working together um, is not just working together on the internet or working together, you know, in a a, a group of people that have a different subject. We've got to work together because we're human beings and we live on this planet, and we have to start getting back to a, the real roots, the source of of all that is. And one of the reasons that I've been pushing for um, more information and more connectedness to um, the first people is that they're the ones that have it. We've got to we've got to make this connection so that you know we become one tribe, that the people of Earth become one tribe, consciously, and consciously, because we are already. But we need to understand this is con- a conscious. Um, Again, we can use the word frequency. It's like a relating on that frequency level of togetherness, of oneness, of of uh, we are all children of the earth. We're all related. Exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, good good words about the people up there in Iceland. There, but the issue with the land itself is really quite serious. In regards to. In regards to the melting of the ice in Iceland. It was years ago that um, Uncle uh, um, Ungangang, he's an Iceland shaman, he uh, had brought this information out that the ice is melting and that when the, when the handprint uh, of humanity remains uh, there in Iceland, 
we are in trouble. And it is has been remaining there for quite a time now, the last 10 years. He started coming out 10 years ago talking about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I, I, well, you know, again, there's so many changes and the changes can be mitigated to not be that bad if we just work with Gaia. And that we begin to focus on ourselves and the people around us and the animals and the mineral kingdom and Gaia, the energy, the conscious energy of this mother planet. And just because she cannot be denied. But what Walt and I have discovered is that even though she cannot be denied without the participation of the human thought, it's just not going to happen. Well, you know, we have to understand that she will remain. Uh, we're yeah, in, we may not. We're the ones in trouble. Yep. And but she does need us all of all because we're a part of. We're the children of the earth. She's the mother. So, you know, and all of the creatures are her children. But she fights. She will fight just like a mother. She will fight for her children. And uh, one last thing: Did you hear that um, Colleen has got your book up on YouTube? No. Oh, she has the book up? Oh, okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. I think she did pop that into me. Yeah, onto the Skype. Wonderful. Yeah. I appreciate so much you all, um, you know, inviting me to participate with you. I really, really appreciate it so much because we're we're all on the same page and we all are seeking the same thing. We are all uh, really you know, uh, related in so many ways. We're, we're just not separate. They want us to think we're separate. They want us to be separated. So this is a very important piece to understand that agenda. And we are really all, all uh, one here on the mother. So I appreciate brothers, all brothers that. And, brothers and sisters. That's what we are, brothers and sisters. Absolutely. And, you know, I appreciate all our brothers and sisters who listen to us. And Colleen, you're coming up next. What's the reading next? Is this uh, Anelia's book starting? Yes, it is. Interview oh. with a Psychic Assassin, Assassin by <laughs> Idelia Ben. Excellent. Um, I have have read this, and um, you will enjoy it, especially with Colleen uh, reading it. So that's coming up right now. And um, Walt, I thank you so very much for being here. And for being my partner in sci-fi reality. <laughs> so, Thank you, everyone out there in the listening audience, for taking the time to spend some time with us. And again, thank you, Barbara. Thank you so much. I just reminded everybody just to say, as you suggested, thank you every morning, and let's do this together. Yep. Colleen, appreciate you, sweetie. I'll thank see you, you so tomorrow. Much. Thank you, everyone. Love Good night. y'all. And love you. Love you. Explanations for the nation overstanding the impression is the lesson. Reaching, reaching the unknown, unknown. Teaching.
the world gatherings Make it ring in my ears Bring tears over the years People stop believing Achieving, feeding the whole land in the end The pretenders pretend and warriors feel sorry Teaching, preaching The unknown, unknown Preaching, preaching 